What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayak Podcast. Apologies this week for coming to you a little bit late. I had some scheduling problems to make this episode work, but I'm really happy with how it turned out. I think you are going to enjoy listening to it. Just before we get started, as always, I just want to remind you that uh, this podcast is brought to you by the lovely people who support me on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding website which allows you to chip in a couple of bucks every month, get early access to this podcast, and generally help me keep it going. Uh, If you feel like you would love to help keep this podcast going, I would really appreciate you. Go check out patreon.com slash sethashworth and you can leave a little bit there to help keep the lights on. Anyway, enough of that. Um, Like I said, big shout out to those people on Patreon, and enjoy the podcast. Thanks a lot. Bye. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. This week, I'm joined with recently crowned freestyle kayak world champion, Dane Jackson, a four-time freestyle men's kayak champion uh dane how you doing thanks for joining us again i'm doing good and that's three bud but thank you anyways appreciate four but we'll work on that um, oh no i'm doing good dude just three oh, i guess you're a, junior, you're a junior in uh, platling eh yeah so yeah. in this one it would have been uh would have been nsc and it would have been garb yep gotcha all right so, fact check We'll At least out. I got my facts right, right out of the gate. So that's, that's important. So three-time freestyle kayak world champion, Dane Jackson. Uh, Dane, congratulations on your recent victory in Spain. It was a, a gripping battle between uh, you and Kim Fontaine to see who was going to be the champion. I watched um, with bated breath through the live stream, which was great. And what I wanted to talk to you today was about the direction that ICF Freestyle is going, and for people who are not filled in, um, the ICF Freestyle Committee, like the the people who organize that World Championship events and organize a number of other events, um, are really, 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 really excited about trying to get freestyle kayaking into the Olympics. And as an Olympic sport, um, you know, there's some good things and some bad things that go with that. And there's a lot of different arguments um, for the pros and cons. A lot of the pros arguments include increased visibility, more participation, uh, more op- opportunities for funding streams, more opportunities for funding streams for like youth projects and getting kind of more people generally involved in the sport and being more inclusive. And equally, there's a lot of aspects. Um, which are con arguments. Um, obviously, it makes it more kind of like narrow. It's kind of hard to watch. It's kind of, it's making the sport like a little bit like almost too niche and over technical and um, kind of hard to understand like who's winning and why. And so I thought, who better to talk to this week and get their two cents on the topic than the current men's number one, Dane Jackson. So I'm going to just put the question to you, Dane. Uh, should freestyle kayaking go into the Olympics? Yes or no, and why? Uh, the straight-up answer is no. Um, freestyle kayaking is awesome. It's something I've been part of forever, and it is amazing. And to be able to represent your country in 
the Olympics is obviously a huge honor. And there's a lot of really cool things that come with it, like the idea of that you are on one of the biggest stages of sport. Um, I do think that there is a right mentality behind it to having the Olympics in the sense that you just simply get to represent your country in a grand scheme of sport. But in terms of actually should freestyle be in the Olympics and will it bring freestyle to a different spot and propel it? No, I think it will actually do the opposite. I think Olympics will actually hurt freestyle kayaking even more than sometimes a little bit of the larger organizations have actually already done to it in the sense that right now, there, when you go to the world championship, the, we, when we all go to the world championship, occasionally there's people that take it just a little too seriously and you actually just kind of want to be there for the fun of getting to compete with all your friends and stuff like that. But the cool thing about like even the world championships, there are five men, five women from each country going to represent. And honestly, anyone from those countries can potentially win. There's always upset. There's always interesting results, all that. When it comes to the Olympics, people think that you get way more out of it. But honestly, there's only maybe one person that actually gets support from each country. And even then, it's not as much support as people think. Like people assume that you go in the Olympics to make a million dollars and everything's awesome, but that's that's not how it works. All it is is that it gives you the opportunity to t run with it and potentially get funding from other sponsors. And when you say you're going to the Olympics, you're probably more likely to be able to get some sponsors that you might not have been able to get before. But in terms of freestyle going into the Olympics and everything has changed and it's going to be huge and we're going to so much money in the sport, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, 100%. I've known enough solemn paddlers. I've been around the scene long enough that I know that all it comes down to is what you make of it. And all it really matters is that you need to be that one number one spot or there is very little support in any way, shape or form. And all you can really hope is that you become that one number one spot and maybe we'll get more support. But I honestly think that freestyle right now, it's, it's too small of a sport to be able to take. Right now, you already kind of feel like if you don't feel like you're one of the top three, why spend three grand, four grand to go compete when, you know, you're probably, you might end up 10th or whatever, which is still awesome. But right now it's still already kind of like a hard motivating factor. Like I'm going to spend a lot of money and maybe not even make top 10. So you need to only go there just because you enjoy it. You get to hang out with friends and all that. Now it's stripped that by nine people. Imagine that you already feel like you're not going to be the top one. You're not the top one out of the country. Only the top person out of the country can go to the Olympic. So if you're not that person, it's, why motivate for it? Like, it's so hard to take that spot. Like, it, it's just, it's not going to change everything. I think there's some great things about the Olympics, but I think kayaking too small. And I think kayaking does not have the right idea of what the Olympics is or what will happen if it did end up in it. And uh, all the reasons that people want in the Olympics are completely the wrong reason, mainly money, even though there isn't actually any money in the Olympics. So for me, that's uh, the misconception people constantly have is that they think you make it in the Olympics, you make a bunch of money, and then you keep going. It's like, no. Anyway, that's my that's how I feel about it. So, Dane, before I answer here, I'm gonna excuse you. I'm uh, I'm gonna preface my answer by saying I agree with you. I don't think um, freestyle in the Olympics is the right move. But let me just take the counter position for a minute, um, just just for the sake of this discussion and to keep things sporty. Do you think that if freestyle was an Olympic sport, there'd be more opportunities for greater exposure and more opportunities to fund? like youth programs and inclusion programs and more like beginner programs 
which could help grow our sport as a total and then have kind of more like more money in the in the total pie no no i I don't think that that's how it works i think it's i mean who i mean if it was put under the right if like people actually took the time to make it that was the situation yeah sure it's all about what the other people do it's about who pushes things in the right way anything is possible if the right people are doing the right thing um Sorry, um, but when it comes to exposure and growing the sport, I don't think like what when you when you're trying to bring someone into kayaking right now, you hope that when they see it, they're like, I get to kayak with awesome people. I get to travel the world. I can go to these races if I want. I can go to this. I can maybe one day I'll make the freestyle team go to the world. There's three spots, five spots if I'm uh, in the men's team, whatever, all that stuff. Right now, it's kind of like you can kind of choose what you want to do. Whereas if people that are only focused on the Olympics try running programs and they try to tell you that the only thing you should be focusing on the Olympics, all you're doing is funneling people into one line of sight to the point that that's all they focus on. And the thing is that not a lot of people can accomplish that, seeing that slalom that people will dedicate years and still not end up where they want to be. And then they... They don't know what to do after because they've just spent their entire, like most like ten years only focusing on being serious and not actually getting to to love the sport for what it is. And when I come with freestyle, I think right now it's at a point that I I just feel like we can grow it in other aspects. But I think giving the future generation that one clear, you should go to the Olympics and that's how people are pushing you. You're not going to get out of kayaking what you really could be getting, and therefore I think it will kill a lot of motivation. Um, for the next um, realm of kayakers. So let's let's cycle back a little bit there. Um, just pick pick apart that answer a bit. Um, slalom is like the the great example that I was actually just about to come back to. And there's obviously tons of youth programs, um, especially like focused within slalom. And a lot of people get exposed to kayaking through slalom because of some of those like youth programs that have funding um, for for like because because of the Olympics basically. But I think it's really like what you're saying is kind of pretty on on message in, in my opinion. I think you're right in that like if you're you start in a slalom program for a bit, your only goal is to like win that next race, move on to that next level until you eventually get to the Olympics. Um, and I guess they have their World Cups and World Championships and stuff too. But I think if you spoke to most slalom paddlers, they would tell you that like the Olympics is the one they really want. And I think you're exactly right in like once if you don't, if you're not that one person, uh, you know, even if you're like near the top, you know, but if if you're not that one person, you don't get to go. And then what else do you do? Because all you've done is is slalomed for your for your whole career. Like, do you think there's an avenue for those people to move like to move out of slalom? Like, obviously, we do see some paddlers move out of slalom into like uh downriver and uh and into Bojacross and extreme races and stuff like is there a way that those people can get like unstuck i don't want to say it's stuck i'm sure everyone that does slalom that does it because they love it um it's just a little bit of um the it's a little bit less of the the i think the in-between moments that they enjoy like the becoming good kayakers um but I do think that like a lot of slalom kayakers, they switch to creaking and do creek racing and stuff like that. Um, but I do think that the youth programs are cool in the sense that you probably end up with some of the better coaching than if you were just to try to do some local 
classes. I think the programs are really good because you do end up with some of the best kayakers, but we have those in freestyle as well. We have the Keener program. We have um, the Kelly's program. Like there, there are opportunities with that with Whitewater, but I think the focus of it is to have fun and pursue the sport if you want. And if you want to pursue the sport, there's options for you. Whereas I think the, the hands-on, like aggressive, like be serious. This is, this is where it begins. This is, and the end result is only Olympic gold. Like that, like it's, it's, you start and then there's Olympic gold. It, it doesn't really seem like people really put a emphasis on the journey in between the kayaking in between the fun with friends. Like, I haven't spent enough time with Solomon. I know that a lot of Solomon paddles are awesome. They're awesome people. It's just when you only have one goal in mind and it is in his, a pretty full-on goal, a lot of times it can be a little tricky to keep motivating the kayak, whereas <clears throat> I feel like kayaking right now only has the like, yeah, sure, if you want to win the world, great, do some freestyle. Sure, if you want to go win the North Fork, go do some racing. Like, But there's still a lot of in-between kayaking. That's a lot of fun. So it's, I think it's it's – the Olympic kind of eliminates that in-between joy of I'm just going to go kayaking and hang out with my friends where like, I can't go hang out. Olympics is in three years. I have to go train. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's pretty, for, for me, that resonates pretty true. And I think it hits the nail on the head. I'd be interested to talk in a future podcast to like, to someone in the like slalom Olympics world um, to, to see if, if what we're talking about here resonates kind of true. And I think, this is super interesting. We're kind of talking like future right now. Let's talk about how um, this like future goal is shaping freestyle kayaking right now. So that like this discipline of like ICF freestyle kayaking is is because they want to get to this goal has, has kind of taken a like a pretty narrow pathway and it's kind of almost like squeezing a bit tighter into this one. Uh, like we want to get to the Olympics goal. And I think that's starting to have quite a negative impact on uh, on the discipline, on that like competitive freestyle kind of discipline. Is, is that your uh, yeah, no, there's my uh, car alarm going off nearby. Um, nice. um, sorry. Um, I think because the, the freestyle committee is trying to get to this goal of like getting freestyle in the Olympics, I think it started to get to a point where it's really, really starting to hurt the sport now. And some, some examples I want to talk about with that were things like uh, event location, like the, the variety of waves and holes has kind of gone away. And we're now only really seeing those ICF competitions be like holes and, um, you know, not even always like the most exciting holes to watch, you know, like, uh, yeah, especially like you say that Argentina hole, you know, it was just like slow and, um, you know, you could do, you could do a lot of tricks there, which is cool, but it's kind of like pushing away <coughs> from that, like 2015 wave boating or like the 2007, like fussy the world's like, we're just getting into this like small, tiny, like NOC hole thing. Like, it was you know, it, it's kind of like starting to affect feature selection. And another thing I've noticed from just from the spectator's point of view, I think it's really started to cut down on athletes doing certain tricks because it, it's so... You find what you're looking for there, bud? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think like it's, it's so like because they're trying to get to this goal like everything is like getting pushed into being more precise and a lot like a lot less free like there's a lot less free and freestyle now than there was like five years ago and if you look at a trick like 
uh, phonics monkey which for people who are listening who don't know what that is that's like a trick where you start in a front serve you do a pirouette on your bow and then finish in a front flip and in like 2011 we used to see these like all the time like a lot of people were doing them it's a really fun trick to see it's like really impressive and as freestyle is getting more pushed into this like we want to go to the olympics it's kind of like killing off some of those some of their like variety and style so if you're not if you're not doing it exactly in this the icf style then you don't score and you get a zero and i, I was really disappointed to see a few rides score a lot lower than I was expecting because they had phonics monkeys in them and evidently they weren't getting scored um, by all the judges. What, what do you think about that? Uh, I do agree that, um, well, really what all it comes down to is because, uh, I mean, like no one ever does it with malicious intent. Nothing's ever done with the intention of being negative. But I would say that what it's come down to is that this goal to be in the Olympics had become such a narrow focus of the people in charge that the athlete experience um they they've sacrificed as much as they could within the athlete experience just to make sure that they're in the lines of what the organizations want to see um like they have they'll 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 spend thousands thousands of dollars on thing that things that maybe one or two people are happy about or maybe a few spectators are happy about but then the athletes are left having to spend like 300 euros just to get a shuttle from the airport. So, and then left to fend for themselves when it comes to camping, lodging, all that. Um, so it's definitely really what it comes down to. And what, what's hurting is that there's, there's no focus on whether or not the athletes are happy. It's simply whether or not the people above the people organizing are happy. They're like, Oh, you have a, you have a live stream. That's, that's great. That looks great. Oh, you have a VIP booth. Oh, you have this or that. So it's, that's all it really comes down to that this focus of getting in the Olympics has made it to where they're not focused on making sure the athletes are happy. And what that has also been an issue with is the judging in the sense that in the past, it's always like there's always been issues with the judging because they just hire the same people and we can complain about them as much as we want, but they constantly bring back the same people and they wonder why people don't want to compete under the judges that never score anything or are more strict than they need to be. But I will say uh, whatever the, the, this world was the first time in probably 10 years that I've been like, you know what, that judging made sense, except for the wave world, because that's obvious judging. But in terms of whole judging, I would say this is one of the best worlds that I've, I've been a part of. It's the, probably the first time I have not had any complaints in a very long time, which was sweet because going into it, we like have to go a few rounds. We we're like, you know what, I feel good. I'm just going to compete. No complaints about the judging. This is great. But then when it comes to the uh, rest of the organizations, they, still don't really focus on the athletes. They only focus on what looks good to the people that are wondering whether or not they should be in the Olympics. And therefore it was just a stressful week of just people screaming at you and you're never doing anything right, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it was, it was kind of chaos, but judging was great off water, the organization, the way they make it for the athletes, not so much, but um, it's no bad. Right, Dave, I'm just going to, I'm just going to meander you back on topic for a second. What do you think about, venue selection and how it's becoming less um varied oh the selection like less like you're seeing the same names you mean no i mean like the uh event locations are getting oh, more location. like the same they're like the, the features they're almost just trying to make the same feature in a different spot oh yeah yeah sorry um well sorry that's what i'm i'm trying to tell you that like 
um, they focus more on the spectator more than the kayakers. So they don't care if the kayakers ended up in a little feature. Um, if as long as that feature could be somewhere that they can bring a bunch of spectators and live stream and all that. So um, the focus is not in the kayakers and the feature. And so I agree that event selection where it is, it's getting a lot smaller because they're focusing so much on the spectators, live stream, all this other stuff that they don't even focus on the kayakers anymore. Um, what do you, what do you think about this, uh, Spain feature If people who don't follow you on Instagram? And I imagine there's no one who listens to this podcast that doesn't follow you on Instagram, <laughs> but, uh, like a week before the competition, you posted this massive hole in the stern of your C1. And it was like, <laughs> I don't know, I bet I could have put my, 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 my like biggest finger in this hole. It was huge. <laughs> what, what was that all about? Tell people about that. Um, so basically, um, this feature was designed and it was basically a giant ramp that goes into deep water which did not form a good feature anyone that knows will tell you um but they basically they salvaged well the first thing they did was try to make the hole deeper because you couldn't even do a cartwheel because it's so shallow um and so what they did is they removed one of the because basically this whole park was just cement square blocks everywhere um and uh, like occasionally real rocks but the hole itself the bottom they had these steel plates that they had over the rocks performing the feature and they thought to make it shallower they would remove one of the plates so that way or sorry to make it deeper they would remove one of the plates and maybe the hole would be deep enough um spoiler alert it wasn't um they had to end up they actually had to back up the river actually had to back up the river to move the hole up to even get it remotely deep and luckily it ended up that it was just barely deep enough to do the tricks and even though you're still hitting on almost every trick but the funny thing is is that after they removed that piece of metal they still left the piece of the rebar that were holding in the metal. So there were like three pieces of rebar in the hole, but there was one you could actually hit with your boat, which was like the middle right of the feature. And basically if you tried plugging it just a little bit too far upstream, you actually ended up hitting this metal. And I think about at least four or five boats that I'm aware of hit it and put giant holes in it. Um, Cause if you were to like, especially in C1, when we tried to back loop or way upstream and we would just hit the metal, put giant holes in it. So. Yeah, at least three or four boats that I know of did it. And then there are a few more that hit it for sure. But a couple of us put massive holes in our boat. We had actually weld them. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked just <coughs> unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, all right, let's put a little pin in there and just shift topics again. <laughs> um, we're talking about the, like, the audience experience, right? And the people watching and the live stream and stuff. And one of the things I've always said about why it doesn't make sense to go to the Olympics is because if my, the, the argument I always make to people is if my, my grandparents in England turned on the Olympics and freestyle kayaking was on, they would have no clear idea who was winning. Like the, it's almost become like too over technical. The score sheet is like almost too difficult to understand. And it's difficult to tell, like, unless you know, you're like in the know in the top, like say 10 men or top 10 women it's difficult to see a clip like a really clear winner sometimes yeah especially in the earlier rounds yeah no definitely no i um <clears throat> I'm, i've always been aware that freestyle kayaking is um it's hard to follow and it's definitely um it's a battle for sure but when it comes to the olympics itself i mean it's like you got to remember that we're just one piece of a giant puzzle. It's not like when freestyle makes it in, people are going to stop watching uh, cliff, uh, the the diving or the swimming, and they're going to start watching freestyle. It's like, no, we're just, all it means is that we get a couple medals for the people that 
want to get those medals and that and the organizations are going to give them out doesn't mean that there's going to be a hundred million more people watching us all that matters is that all we're getting is a few olympic medals whereas like you know how many sports there are that we probably don't even realize that are in the olympics like people see the five big sports that they follow anyways like swimming snowboarding whatever it is you see that but then you forget that there are like thousands of other athletes hundreds of other athletes competing and getting medals that you probably didn't even know were in the olympics whether it's um bone like the the skiing class shooting a gun bow and arrow all that like i know it's there but last, I, think it was last one I think that is dude yeah thanks yeah thanks for the heads up um <laughs> canada bro. Well, exactly but yeah yeah you clearly you've earned your canadian citizenship but um <laughs> but that's the thing is that like people forget that we're just a little piece of a giant puzzle and that just because we're there doesn't mean that people are gonna it's like walking around a festival you're not gonna see everything and yeah the people that are gonna see it they're probably just there because they already care about it. Therefore, I don't think you're going to gain a ton of new audience. I just think it's going to be a similar situation, except we're just potentially a few more, little bit more opportunities for exposure because you can put the word Olympics behind you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everything just grows exponentially just because you're there. If anything, it's just, it's, we're just there. I hear you, bro. I think we're, we're on the same page, you know, since the start of this discussion, really. Um, and this whole discussion has felt a little bit doom and gloom. What do you think the ICF can do to fix the situation and to make kind of freestyle kayaking go forwards in a more, in our opinion, more positive direction? What do you think? I think that the ICF has never had bad intentions with whatever they do. I just think that with their power, their funding, and what the opportunities that they could create in simply trying to create athlete experience make it to where it's actually enjoyable for the athlete and then the spectators can follow and you can still make it great for the spectators but right now it's like the priority is that anything but the kayakers like the kayakers are going to show up anyways we're going to get our winners anyway so we might as well make it epic for the spectators so i think the icf is in a really good position to make some of the best events if they just would take the power and funding and everything they have to make an event that's incredible for the athletes whether it's the lodging, the everything sorted out, the best features, maybe some prize money, who knows, whatever it is, I think that they're in a great position to make some of the best events if they would just focus on the athletes a little more than the non-athletes. Because as long as there's athletes and you have a competition, spectators will come. So you might as well focus on keeping the athletes happy because they're the ones that are showing up, spending the money, and they're the one to make the event the best possible. Dane, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it, it all starts with your, your foundation, and your foundation is those people who you're there to watch, not the people who are there watching. Um, yeah. I think that's a really strong message. I hope that this gets to into the ears of someone in the in the know there in the power circle. Um, I doubt it will, but I'm optimistic. <laughs> I'm optimistic. Maybe it will just float over there, and that that would be interesting. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time. Do you have anything else you want to add on there? Uh, where can people follow you if they don't already? Um, if you enjoyed this message, follow me at Dane Jackson Kayak. If you hated this message, follow Seth Ashworth. <laughs> right on, Dane. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you, buddy. This has been Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayak Podcast. I will see you all in two weeks' time. Peace. One last thing, guys. If I could trouble you to go ahead and leave a review, leave a rating, 
for this podcast. It would really help me out a lot, help it grow, help more people hear it. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Be honest, say whatever you think. Leave uh, however many stars you think it is. I, I won't be offended if it's one or if it's five. Obviously, five encouraged. Uh, and I will see you in two weeks' time. Peace.